Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here with Wendell Bell. He is the CEO and Executive Chairman of Enervab. Thanks for joining us today, Wendell. Yes, hello. Let me, uh, before we start, tell everyone what we have coming up on the show over the next couple of weeks. Tomorrow, we're going to have Tim Schapp from Construction Process Solutions. And next week, uh, on Thursday, we have Marty Grogan from Optivia Logistics. That's a trucking company. And then we're going to have Furlong Building Enterprises, Jared Herman, and we're going to have a special guest on the 18th of July. We're going to have Mike Lamb, the CEO and owner of Cincinnati Time. He's got a great story to tell. And then we're going to have Chip Shriver of Shriver Security Systems on Friday the 19th. They changed the name of the company. They used to be the Sonatrol distributor. They still are a Sonatrol distributor, but they're changing their brand to put their name on the on the company. Then on the 25th, we're going to have Majid Samarkandi. He is the CEO of Triton Services, a mechanical contractor. And I hope I said his name right. <laughs> then we're going to have Jeff Betts, who is the CEO of Landmark Insurance on the 26th of July. So we've got a lot of good positive shows coming up. End of July, we're going to have a Sandler Cold Call Camp. I believe it's on the 24th of July. If you're interested, if your people have to make cold calls to bring new accounts in, if you have salespeople, great program. Call us over here at the office and we'll talk about what the program entails and special pricing is for radio listeners. Wendell, how long ago did you join Interfab? I have been at Interfab since 1978. They are not, uh, Sarah, a few years after college. Okay. And uh, your background, uh, you started working as a Boilermaker in project management? Yes. Our company, uh, the biggest trades that we employ are generally the boilermakers and other of the mechanical trades. Okay. Uh, Enterfab being a a union shop. Yes. uh, We are a union shop uh, here in Cincinnati and our field construction work across the country. Okay. That's good. You've served in various management positions. Uh, You've had a considerable experience over there in labor relations, participated in many wage and benefit negotiating packages, uh, as well as serving on the national multi-employer funds. Uh, Wendell has has had the strategic insight that propelled the company from a $30 million a year company to a company of over $650 million. Uh, that was due to uh, organic growth, acquisitions, and diversifications of product offerings. Uh, today, Interfab has 15 offices scattered all over the United States. Uh, during the same period of time, Wendell uh, focuses on energies on building relationships of trust and confidence with customers 
and union craft uh, that NF- employees that NFAB uh, has working for them. Uh, Wendell serves as the chairman of the National Association of Boilermaker Employees uh, as a member of the University of Kentucky Athletic Board. That has no real relationship, I guess. Uh, NFAB has quite a, an interesting history going from a $30 million a year company to uh, a $650 million a year company. Uh, primarily, at, at the beginning, it was a boilermaking company? Yes, and truly, uh, our company originally was chartered in 1901, serving the brewing industry uh, there primarily. And then in 1988, when our current leadership team uh, came together, we knew we needed to diversify in other products and markets uh, there. And so we uh, really started in the energy area has been a real high growth area for our company. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you tell our listeners what you mean by energy area? Yes, we do uh, maintenance at coal-fired utility plants uh, across uh, the country. And recently, we've installed a lot of the various clean air emission equipment on the back end of the plants to clean up the emissions before it goes up the stack, as well as alternate energy and the biofuels, uh, the solar uh, as well. So you're involved in solar plants as well? Yes, we have installed uh, some of the solar panels in different parts of the country and installed some of the large uh, wind uh, power in other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. I've noticed a tremendous number of wind turbines up along Route 30 in Ohio. Yes, they they are really popping up around the country. There's a few of them. It's a little unusual in very populated areas, but out in the west and uh, the rural areas, you'll see even more. Right. Out in San Francisco, along Route 80, they've been there for 25 years. Yes, absolutely. Uh, surprising to see them here in the state of Ohio. Uh, since you, you've been with Interfab a lot of years, how many years have you been the CEO, executive chairman? I have been uh, the CEO for probably about 20 years. Uh, really, in 1978, became uh, the president and progressed then to the CEO. But really, in 78, started working out in the field construction and running projects, then came back to Cincinnati, the headquarters, and was over shop and field operations. So having been there over 30 years, I've uh, been in just about all facets of our business. Mm -hmm. So I noticed you've been through uh, three or four colleges. Mm -hmm. Are you an engineer? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not. Uh, My major was computer science. Uh, Of course, that was, I have to show my age, before the uh, PCs uh, there at the University of Arkansas. But then since and coming back into this area, I've taken more of the business finance uh, courses that are offered locally here. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you give uh, our listeners a little bit of a rundown on the division, division of work and the, of what you guys do over there at NFAB? 
Yes, uh, we really are a diversified manufacturing construction company, and I have five presidents. Uh, the process president really deals in the industry of chemical, beverage, uh, uh, pharmaceutical area. Then the president of my power division really is where we do the energy work from the coal-fired to the renewable to the alternate uh, fuels there. Then we have two electrical companies that we've acquired with two different presidents, and one of them mostly services uh, in the utility uh, industry, and the other one uh, really does uh, work in the Department of Energy facilities and has a big healthcare uh, footprint uh, as well. And then we have in Sharonville, Ohio, a group uh, that makes uh, flanged and dished heads for pressure vessels and process vessels in many industries around the country uh, there. Uh, domestically, we're one of the largest fabricators of these types of heads in the country. Mm -hmm. So just the top of the barrel. Yes, the top or the bottom. Uh, you don't make the barrel itself. Uh, we, uh, in our fabrication, we also make completed vessels of pressure and process vessels, and oftentimes some of these heads end up going to our competitors uh, as well. Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> so you sell your end product to competitors, and they put their label on it? Yes, uh, that happens as well. <laughs> Hey, as long as it keeps the plant running. Right, right. Just a matter of the diversification has been so important with the different business cycles and industries as really why in 1988, having lived through some of those cycles, we really had a strategic focus on trying to diversify. Mm -hmm. So you have... How many locations here in Cincinnati, two? Uh, we have two locations here in Cincinnati and then 15 offices spread around the country. Mm -hmm. are, are those uh, sales offices or mm -hmm. service offices? Uh, they are a little bit of both depending on what they do. Uh, some are just sales offices. Others are, uh, we have a couple more manufacturing offices and then service offices as well. We really are very much uh, in front of our customer and try to build long-term relationships, so feel like we have to be within a certain proximity to know the labor and to know our customers' needs. Mm -hmm. uh, many people might not be familiar with Interfab. Uh, are you a privately held company or a publicly held company? Well, we are a privately held company that is owned by the officers that come to work there every day. Uh, we've made the transition from uh, family health in the past to really all the ownership uh, or current officers that are active in the business. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's as opposed to an employee stock-owned company. Yes. Good. So everyone understands that. Uh, Wendell has agreed to uh, answer questions. So if you have a question for Wendell or me, you can call it at 646-595-4916. We'll be taking the calls during the break and putting them on in the following segment. Uh, Wendell, since you have five different lines of business, uh, maybe you could share with us how you go to market. Well, we uh, really are direct sales uh, in our marketing. We have salespeople in each one of our offices that we operate out of. 
uh, there as well. So uh, we do it through direct sales, and we have a couple of rep agreements for a specialty uh, market uh, that we uh, may enter. But other than that, uh, it's really through our own people. Uh, it's just hard to – It's most of it is highly engineered uh, products, big uh, fabrications that we do, or big rigging work, and uh, that's hard to do through reps. Mm-hmm. So you're involved in in bid work as well as yes. contract. Yes, we have in our maintenance business many multi-year contracts uh, where we have people in their facilities year-round. Uh, and then we have custom bid work where we compete at some of those same facilities or with other uh, customers around the country. So you're kind of like General Electric Engines where uh, selling an engine is just the beginning mm-hmm. of the 15-year contract for service and parts. That's certainly what we hope. We would say uh, we hope to help them and service our customers for a lifetime. Good. Let's uh, let's listen to a uh, couple of short commercials, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Company owners and sales managers, are you sick and tired of hiring a salesperson you think is Tom Cruise only to get Pee Wee Herman on the first day of the job? Call me, Mike Roth, 513-646-6523, to stop this from happening to you again. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced sales sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. This is Mike Roth with Sandler Training, finding power and reinforcement. Are you tired of prospects saying, I want to think it over? Are you tired of being an unpaid consultant? Call me at 513-646-6523 on the web at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth back with Wendell Bell from Enerfab. Wendell, maybe you could tell our listeners how they can get a hold of Enerfab after the show if they have questions. Yes, uh, of course, we have a website that is interfab, E-N-E-R-F-A-B dot com, and really our corporate headquarters number would be 513-641-0500. Wendell, uh, in the markets that you participate in, it didn't sound like you have a monopoly. No, uh, we wish that was so, but in today's business, it isn't. Truly, we compete every day uh, out there, whether it's to maintain our relationships and our maintenance agreements or compete on a bid basis uh, every day. So you don't have patents that Mm -hmm. make you the exclusive Mm -hmm. provider. No, we have, uh, and truly the patent has expired. We worked with Purdue University on a patent on the aseptic stored of, of orange juice. Uh, but it, except for that one, uh, it, it's all out there uh, competing. Okay. 
So why do people buy from Enervab? Truly, we we think we are very customer focused. We know we are guests at their facility. We've got to bring value to what they are trying uh, to do uh, there. And um, we do what we tell people we're going to do. At times, we're asked to meet schedules that uh, just isn't possible, and we will walk away from a project before we will make a commitment that there's just no way we can do it. With being a privately held company, we're able to make good long-term decisions uh, for our customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, earlier today I was asking you about this uh, logo mark on your on your stationery <laughs> that says Enerfab Guarantee. I think our listeners might be interested in that. <laughs> Yes, uh, truly, as we looked uh, at our brand uh, there, we felt uh, that we wanted the world to know that whenever we make a commitment, whatever it takes, we're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to guarantee that we're going to do what we say. Unfortunately, in today's time, that's not as common as you think it should be. You know, uh, it's such such an interesting thing because when I talk to new people about sandler training, uh, a lot of them get limited, eliminated on my four-way test. You know, I got to. It's it's the first piece is honesty. I got to be honest with you. You got to be honest with me. Uh, the second piece is integrity. The conversations are totally private unless we agree to share them. Uh, the third one is commitment. I'm the type of guy. You know, I run my company by fulfilling the commitments even after the spirit in which they were given is gone. And I ask people to agree to that. And then the fourth piece is. I judge people and companies by the commitments they keep, not the ones they make. Boy, isn't that the truth? And unfortunately, you know, in today's time, uh, that's not a given anymore. It isn't. Out no. there. It, it, it was really hard to let mm. some larger mm. clients go when I discovered they, they mm. didn't have them before. Right. And I have to tell you, even as we've grown both organically and with acquisition, and as important as anything is the culture in the, of the people of the company we would look to acquire. And if that culture isn't a fit with us, we will walk away because same points you're talking about are very important to us. What was the last acquisition that you made? Uh, we uh, acquired uh, the electrical company, the Broad, Broadway Electrical Service Company that's headquartered in Knoxville and has four other offices around Tennessee. There. They were about a $100 million a year uh, revenue company. And, and they service mm-hmm. the large-scale power mm-hmm. plants? Uh, they are the one that has the huge health care uh, products. Uh, and then in the Department of Energy uh, facilities, uh, when we acquired them, we wanted uh, to get more of a footprint in that and in the nuclear uh, industry. Mm. Do you, think, do you think nuclear is going to come back as a domestic power source? Boy, if we're really serious today about climate change and carbon in our country, nuclear needs to be a piece. Uh, unfortunately, the cost of it, and right now there's a plan under construction that's uh, over schedule and over budget uh, that has everybody very concerned about its future. Mm-hmm. Where is that plan? Uh, that's uh, being done by the Southern Company uh, there down in Georgia. Mm. I didn't know they had one under construction. Yes, uh, in South Carolina. I'm South sorry. Carolina. Yes, Plant yeah. Vogel. Uh, 
is there a unique marketing advantage that that you bring across the board at uh, Interfab? Well, we're uh, unique in that uh, we're with some of the bigger, larger, complicated uh, projects. Uh, we're able to bring our expertise and what we direct hire uh, with all of uh, the building trades there of doing direct hire. We cut out a lot of double markups uh, that way, and our reputation is uh, that we will provide excellence through execution uh, there. Uh, whenever we commit to a project, whatever that takes, uh, good or bad, we're going to roll up our sleeves and do it. So approximately how many employees does NFF have in all mm -hmm. five divisions? Whenever uh, in the spring and the fall, the utility plant shut down because that's the less need for electricity, so they will take some of their units down for maintenance work mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. for tie-in. During that time, we will have 5,000, 5,500 employees working. Mm. Then uh, in the summer and the winter, uh, it's not quite as heavy. We get down to probably 2,500 or 3,000 working. Okay, so you have a, a pretty big variability based on seasonality. We do, and quite honestly, that's the real advantage of the union in that we have the supervision that are ours, and then the unions out of the local hall dispatch uh, the trained people uh, to us for durations that might be 6 to 12 weeks in the spring and the fall. Okay, so you can actually use the union to be your, your great advantage because you have this tremendous size change. Yes, and uh, to be able that the cost is variable uh, depending on the need of the project and our customer. Mm -hmm. uh, roughly how many salespeople do you have in the company? We have about 35 uh, spread around the country uh, there out of our different offices, even though I have to say oftentimes you'll hear me say everybody's a salesman. Mm -hmm. What's your most unusual location? Um Probably the most unusual location uh, would be we have uh, an office inside of the Oak Ridge Complex uh, there in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, where really? we do quite a bit of work at that Department of Energy facility there. So you actually have an office inside the Department of Energy, Oak Ridge? Yes, yes. Hey, that, 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 that's really cool. Uh, <laughs> one time I was selling computer printers to uh, the Reader's Digest, and they wanted us to have 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week service because these were vital machines. Oh. And uh, the contract I negotiated is they gave us the space inside the Reader's Digest building with a separate exit door for our guys so they could come and go on all the shifts, mm -hmm. and that was our dispatch point. Absolutely. And truly, with our maintenance contracts, we're on call because when everybody flips a switch, they want the lights to come on. So if a unit goes down, we have home numbers and cell phones truly uh, all the way through our executives uh, mm -hmm. there to respond. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think the opportunities and possibilities are in the marketplace? Mm -hmm. Well, truly, we're starting to see some recovery in many of our markets uh, there. Our shops are busy. We're hiring people in both of our uh, shops here in Cincinnati uh, mm -hmm. there, as well as the shop in Mississippi. So uh, we're hopeful 
there with what's going to happen as the country is turning. As people get the confidence with the cost of money today, it's a great time to make uh, some good long-term investments. And you make what I would call capital equipment. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, There that take, you know, quite a bit of time for budgeting and planning and then the engineering materials. So the lead time of those projects uh, could be up to six months. So if I ordered uh, something today, it could take six months to get it. Yes. And how long would it, is the average selling cycle mm-hmm. there for? Um, truly, our selling cycle, depending on the size of project, could be 12 months to six months uh, there. We really believe in the strategic selling process there and not trying to be everything to everybody. So we're pretty focused uh, in trying to understand what's coming down and try to position our company uh, for the market. Mm-hmm. Kind of unique value selling. Um, and you said you manufacture in Mississippi? Yes. So what do you build there? We have a facility there on the Mississippi River. Many of the clean air emission equipment or very large vessels for the chemical industry or the natural gas industry, we can build them very large, completed, loaded on a barge, and then ship it to where it's going, providing they have water access. Okay, so you, you build something instead of putting it on a truck and worrying about overpasses, you, you put it on a barge and float it down up a- the river. Absolutely, absolutely. You can ship a much larger piece on a barge than you can a truck or a rail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you have to ship a big piece that, that's got to go on rail, or you have to assemble it on site? Uh, we do have some of what we build are too big to ship by truck, rail, or barge. And so we have crews that go around the country and actually erect uh, it on site. Erect or assemble it on site? Yes. Okay. Uh, interesting. Again, if, if you have a question for Wendell, the call in number is 595 4916. Let me ask you one more question before we go to a commercial break, Wendell. Uh, do you see any obstacles to growth for your company? Yes, we, um, in the energy area today, um, would just like to see more of a comprehensive energy policy there. The uncertainty at times uh, prevents people from making decisions because they're very large capital, long-term decisions uh, there. And then we're always, we would say people is our key, uh, so trying to have at times we've had shortages of welders, whether it's in the field construction or in our shops, uh, there to be able to meet uh, the demand that we have. In other words, you have, there were times when you have open jobs because you can't find enough people near the factories in Cincinnati or Natchez that can weld? Absolutely. Really? Yes. That's a big surprise to me. Uh, do you talk to the uh, Cincinnati State College or the uh, the other trade schools around town to yes. teach people how to weld? Uh, we work with them. We even have people who have volunteered in uh, some of the trade schools and send them uh, some materials. And truly, at times, we've even put on training classes. Now, you got to understand 
you know, we work with high alloy materials, so uh, it's a very skilled welding position that we have with the a semi. A lot of people won't know what high alloy means, <laughs> Wendell. Well, and that would be whether it's stainless steel or nickel clad or copper or aluminum, uh, those kinds of things, uh, metals that are a little harder to weld, uh, no question, and to work with. Uh, harder to deal with than just regular Steel. Yes. Okay. Um, why don't we take a uh, commercial break? And again, if you want to call in with a question, the number is 646-595-4916. Let's listen to Jimmy Fox talk about Tip Club here in Cincinnati. The next Tip Club meeting is July 18th. That's Thursday from 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. here in Cincinnati. I am the, the host for that group. I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the Events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event. This is Mike Roth with Wendell Bell. Wendell, what do you think your prospects are looking for right now? Truly, I uh, I think they are looking for the very best value, high quality, and have to tell you, in our industries with heavy lifts and rigging, safety is number one. And truly, we're glad to see it. It helps us uh, get that with our employees down if the with the customer requiring it. Mm-hmm. So you have a heavy safety component. Absolutely. It's very big as we make, um, you know, it's not unusual to make like a uh, 50-ton lift or uh, even uh, heavier lifts uh, there. A lot of the equipment where, you know, when you say a lift, I I know what a tank is and I know what a a cover Mm -hmm. to a tank is, a Mm -hmm. lid or a bottom. What's a lift Mm -hmm. mean? Well, with uh, some of the clean air emission work, we're building scrubbers, SCR, bag houses, and some of those components uh, might weigh 50 ton on the back of a utility plant with a very large crane. So you really have to plan out and engineer the rigging of that lift to do it safely. Mm. Okay. So it sounds like you have a safety department, too. Yes, absolutely. Good. 
uh, one of our prior guests was uh, the CEO of Proactive Safety, and they, they teach safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned how important that is. Uh, we have a, a theory of operations here that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Therefore, if you want to solve a complex problem, uh, you need a complex solution. Perhaps you could share with our listeners, CEOs, company presidents that are listening, a complex problem that you've run into in your long business career and the equally complex solution that you used. And maybe from a logical perspective, they could lift it up from your industry and move it over to an advertising agency. Yes. um, As I would think about that, uh, a Several years ago, we worked with Purdue University uh, on the patented process on the aseptic storage uh, of tomatoes. Purdue being uh, in Indiana in the farming country, uh, we worked on because tomatoes was something that was harvested once a year, but you need those Mm year-round in the different paste and sauces. Uh, So uh, we built a few of the projects, uh, worked very well. But quite honestly, the market, we never could get it to go commercial. There just weren't enough volume uh, around the country to warrant that. So after all this time and money and... When you say aseptic, you mean without air? uh, It is uh, without bacteria uh, Mm. there that uh, because the spoilage where you want to store it for a year or longer... It needs to be free of bacteria is really what causes the spoilage in fruit and vegetables uh, there. So after all this time and money on doing that, we were left with a great product but no market. I'm surprised you didn't sell it over to Heinz. (laughs) Yes, we certainly tried to sell them on the process and build the storage for them. And so then we really had to search where was another application to be able to take uh, this patented process to. Uh, We worked many years, did lots of testing, and decided that oranges was a great market for that because oranges was something that were harvested once a year, yet you needed orange juice uh, throughout the year. And really, as you think back with Tropicana products, We uh, sold a system to them, and they literally, in marketing, transformed the industry. As I grew up, what would happen, you would, orange juice, you would buy in frozen concentrate, throw it in the blender, add water, and you would have orange juice. Today, most people, as you think about it, it's the ready-to-serve, not from concentrate, orange juice uh, that has taken over the market. Yeah, my wife wants to buy it in a container. Absolutely, and that's uh, really with our process. We build uh, now uh, multiple tanks of 2 million gallons of orange juice in each tank and are able to keep it aseptically under a nitrogen blanket to displace the air, as you had talked about before, to uh, make sure that there's no bacteria there. So how long would the orange juice be in this uh, vat? It could very well be a year or longer uh, in this very large vessel. And oranges, it's very important depending on the harvest time, the sugar content is different, so it will change the taste. 
So as well, our system, they're able to do automatic blending to keep that taste consistency there. So here we were with a process and a product. We had no market. We're able, after a lot of research and talking uh, to the customers, to, to find an in market for that product. Great. Uh, how many years has that been in the marketplace? We... Uh, it really got started in uh, the middle 80s, and today uh, in the United States, we have built over 400 million gallons of orange juice storage. We've done work in Brazil, uh, in Spain, and Belgium as well with this process. See, that's a big surprise for me. I, I, I was always thinking of Enerfab as beer <laughs> containers or Spirit containers. You, you still build those. Yes, we do. Truly, the start of our company was in the brewing industry for many, many years. Today, uh, we still do that. It's not a high-growth uh, industry with all the big companies and many of the consolidations that have taken place. Mm, here in town, mm. uh, Christian Moorline, have you provided mm. them? Uh, Greg Hartman, who's a guest mm. on the show, his uh mm. Beer vats? Yes, we have provided some equipment uh, to them as well. And, of course, Cincinnati used to be known for all the breweries that we had uh, here in this city. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's probably part of the origin of our company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was telling me how he, he, he could sell, I don't know, was it 12,000 barrels in a weekend, but only produce 10,000. <laughs> yes. Uh, so you need a bigger vats uh, uh, to, to brew the beer in. Perhaps you can uh, give... You've been running the company now for how many years as CEO? Uh, really for 20 years 20 or so. Years. So perhaps you can give our, our leaders uh, our, our leaders who are listening a leadership tip from Wendell Bell from 20 years of experience, maybe a tip or two. Truly, I, I've always felt the best way to lead is by example. I can't uh, expect things out of people that I don't emanate and willing to do. Uh, but I have to tell you, getting the very best people uh, is something I learned surrounding myself, not with yes people, but people who will really challenge me and their skills and all or even beyond me. And, and then with collaboration. Uh, truly, we find that uh, oftentimes the very best solution isn't one person's idea or thought. It gets someone else thinking, and it's the collaboration of the team. Uh, and truly, today, with the younger people, it certainly seems uh, that is a great way uh, on managing and executing uh, work. Mm -hmm. So that's a regular part of the of the job, getting collaboration among your, your various uh, company members. Absolutely. Uh, there. And uh, oftentimes, I have to tell you, even if you think you know the answer, I think collaboration and getting buy-in from your people uh, is so very important as well. And many times uh, we'll wait until we feel that we have that co collaboration among the different facets of our company. Uh, just our, we've found it's much greater success and buy-in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's kind of the opposite of what, what Steve Jobs was uh, supposedly doing. Yes, that's, uh, at least in my experience, uh, definitely has been opposite. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, maybe you could share with our with our audience uh, what your Internet strategy has been. You're a manufacturer and a service provider. Do you have a, a unified Internet strategy? 
Yes, we, uh, of course, with our website, we try to get out to uh, there, and it's amazing, almost without exception, anyone new, whether it's a customer or a prospective employee, they will have been out and on the Internet and what we do uh, there. Uh, we do some selling of spare parts of our products uh, through uh, the Internet, uh, but probably one of the biggest things is oftentimes our customers are many hundred and thousands of miles from here, and we have a customer portal where they can come in and see pictures and schedule and updates of their project uh, in through our customer portal. That has been very, very important. And then with uh, mailings uh, going out uh, over the Internet and keeping people up to speed on some new things and fact sheets uh, has been good for us. Mm -hmm. So is it like one one website or you have five different websites for each one of the five divisions? Uh, we have different websites uh, for the different divisions out there, and then there are links back to the holding company of Interfab uh, there. Mm -hmm. uh, are you guys working in the area of web search optimization? So Google finds your company first on the list when it, someone does a search? We have done a little bit of that. Quite honestly, uh, we depend more on our direct sales and our reputation in the industry mm -hmm. uh, than somebody just cold Googling uh, what we do. Mm -hmm. So it's I'm not clear. Do you actually have your own people inside to do your website, or do you mm -hmm. farm that out to a third party? Uh, we have some people inside, but then we use a third party as well to host it and to help us uh, there uh, on the search engines. Mm-hmm. Too much work. Yes. Understand completely. Been there myself. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, again, if, if you have a question for Wendell, the number is 646-595-4916. Let's listen to Sandler Rule number 15. Hi, I'm Rich Isaac from Sandler Training. And I'm here to talk about rule number 15. The best presentation you ever give is the one the prospect will never see. Now let's start by talking about the fact that that rule should not be taken literally. Of course, there's an appropriate time to talk about your products, your services, your solutions, your prices. What happens is that most salespeople simply talk about it too soon. The prospective client will say things to them like, show me what you have, tell me what you can do. And the salesperson, eager to show their credibility and to show their product knowledge, will go into presentation mode. And there's two problems with that. Number one, it's too early to make a presentation because the salesperson isn't knowledgeable enough about the particular situation the prospective client is facing. And second of all, it comes off like a sales pitch. And if there's one thing that prospective clients can't stand, it's someone making a pitch at them trying to convince them. Is there a better way, a better way to show your knowledge and build credibility with the prospective client? Actually, there are two ways. First is you can learn to ask better questions, more insightful questions. And second, you can learn to tell stories, meaningful stories that the prospective client will be able to relate to. Let me give you an example. Let's assume that I sell software to help companies run their warehouses more effectively. I might say, Sam, as the Vice President of Operations, I'm wondering if you ever run into these issues. A lot of people tell me that they have a real balancing act between reducing their inventory expense and still being able to handle just-in-time delivery. It's really challenging for them. 
Others tell me that they have a difficult time getting their staffs to follow the procedures in their warehouse as exactly and effectively as they could. Now, before I go on, I'm wondering if you can relate to either of those two things. Now, what did I just accomplish? Through simply telling a story and asking a simple question, I was able to show my credibility, show my knowledge, show my understanding of their business. In essence, I presented information in such a way that they got those things without me coming off like a salesperson making a pitch. Remember, if you want to really be the most credible professional salesperson, learn to tell better stories and ask better questions. Remember, if you get good at both of those things, the best presentation you ever give is the one the prospect will never see. This is Mike Roth with Wendell Bell. Wendell, maybe you could share with our listeners uh, some new product ideas that you're working on. Yes, one of our newer ideas is we have developed an engine generator that is able to uh, convert uh, gas, whether it's natural gas, stranded gas, or methane gas, use that as a fuel to generate electricity either for your own plant or in some cases some of the co-ops to transmit the electric back to the grid. And then uh, in today with efficiency and all, we're able to take some of that waste heat and use it in the industrial facility, whether it's to heat or to cool as well. What's uh, what strand gas? Stranded gas, oftentimes whenever you will drill a gas well, you find gas, but there's not enough gas in that area to justify bringing uh, the pipeline to it. Mm -hmm. So there's gas there, but it's stranded. Our system... Oh, stranded, as in can't go anyplace. Yes. Uh, I thought that was a type of gas. Uh, uh, our system is portable, so you're able to set this system up and use that gas as a fuel and then to connect it uh, to either a facility or the grid and to generate electricity. Okay. So that's a way of turning a waste product into a, a valuable resource. Yes. And as well, uh, you can do the same concept on a landfill uh, to use the methane gas uh, as its fuel for the engine generator on generating electricity. You ought to take it out to Rumpke. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We have talked uh, with Rumpke uh, about the process uh, there uh, as well. And there are a couple of landfills along 71 outside of Columbus that must have a lot of methane coming off those. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, strategic planning at, at NRFAB. Do you have a strategic plan? We do. I have to tell you, and looking back, we feel like that's been a big part of our success. We've been very diligent on doing a five-year strategic plan, but then much more often than that, reviewing the plan, making sure we're executing and changing uh, the plan over that horizon. Uh, we recently uh, just finished uh, our new strategic plan, getting ready to roll it out. And I have to tell you, it's a great effort. Uh, we use an outside facilitator. I had one of my board members and 15 of my leaders across all the company uh, there together for several meetings. Mm -hmm. You've grown the company strategically by acquisition as well as generic growth. Uh, have you ever uh, had to or decided to sell a division? Mm -hmm. 
We we have not very often. Uh, we are more that we like uh, to buy, to turn around, integrate, and run uh, at times, and that's always a difficult decision. We've had uh, a few uh, things that just either didn't make sense or wasn't uh, into our strategy and would dispose of, but uh, very few. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm certain you have a vision for your company. Could you share what your vision is? Yes. Uh, truly, we uh, would say that uh, we want to be uh, the safest uh, company out there in our field, and uh, we want to become the contractor manufacturer of choice for our customers, build lifelong uh, relationships uh, in our markets uh, with our customers, and to see, uh, to provide opportunities for our employees. Uh, they are the one thing we've never really laid out that we had to grow by a certain percentage, but we feel to attract, retain, and motivate the very best people we have to grow to be able to give them opportunities. We see in many privately held companies, that's when they lose some young, very best employees. If you don't give them opportunity there, you're going to lose them. Mm -hmm. So you feel you've been effective at setting goals for people and the company? Yes, uh, we have. And truly, as we would look back on our strategic planning, uh, you never have it all go exactly like you think. Uh, but have been very uh, successful in executing uh, on that plan. Uh, I like to say whenever we can get our leaders around the table and clap hands that this is the right thing to do, uh, we're very successful then on executing that. Mm -hmm. How do you feel your company compares to other high-performing organizations? Mm -hmm. Well, we uh, we compete with them every day uh, mm -hmm. there and with our long-term view and realizing we're guests on, uh, of our customers and they don't need us unless we can provide value, we feel we stack up very well. Um, a, a motivation that I have had and the company really has taken for some time is to say the day we do something like we did yesterday, last week, or last project is our first day of going out of business. In today's dynamic business world with technology and everything that's happening, new processes, uh, we must be challenged to get better every day. Challenged to grow. Yes. You know, that, that reminds me this week I heard a, a prospect of ours say to me, in quotation marks, we're holding our own. And I said to him, that's the first step to death. In business, either growing or dying, there's no there's no middle ground. Boy, I I agree with you. I've said you're either a movement or a monument uh, there in today's time, and you just can't afford it. Yeah, things are moving too fast. You have to be growing, and some people actually get comfortable at a certain level, and they don't recognize that there's a competitor out there that views their best customers as their best prospects. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, there, and you, you can't sit still. And, you know, with all the information and technology, uh, there you'll soon be passed by. Uh, what's stronger, your management team or your sales team? Hmm. Wow. You're going to get me in trouble there answering that. I've been one. accused of asking <laughs> tough questions. <laughs> uh, 
Truly, even our management team, we really try to say we're all salesmen. Uh, so I would say we are a sales customer focused company. Uh, so for that, I would say our sales uh, uh, there and truly believe whether it's our workmen out there, our superintendents running projects, uh, that whenever they're in front of that customer, they're salesmen. Uh, earlier, you said that you, uh, you you're working on a five year plan. About how often do you adjust the plan? We at least uh, once a year, uh, if uh, we don't see any big change, we'll come back and revisit that and see if we need to make any changes to it. Or even sooner than that, if something happens in the industry, either with a regulation or something else uh, to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you guys all of a sudden got a lot more business, how would you accommodate that if you were exceeding your plan well we would think that's a good problem a good problem uh, to have okay uh, to have still a problem and there with our capacity the uh the speed in which you would have to make that adjustment would be the difficult part on getting the right people uh in place uh the whether it's buildings we at times have lease buildings for temporary uh it's the people i like to say everything else is just stuff uh you can sign your name at the bank and you can get stuff but people is really what makes the difference uh there and that's always been our limiting factor at times even with our growth if we didn't have the people at times we would delay uh growth mhm mm mhm uh, what kind of turnover do you achieve in the, in the people that you want to keep? We have been very fortunate. Uh, we have very uh, little turnover. Um, there, no question, there is some, but quite honestly, the average uh, seniority of our people in our company would be 15 or 20 years mm -hmm. uh, there. And so we think with our growth and challenging and giving them opportunities uh, there that it's worked very well. Mm. Without using any names, uh, what would you think of a company that had 70% turnover in their sales team? Mm. Wow. <laughs> that would really shock me. Obviously, they either aren't providing what the right people need or they sure didn't have the right people on the bus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we... Uh... We don't do business with companies like that when we know about it. It's a sure way to lose. Boy, I, I agree with that. On the, on the front door, they're probably hiring people who can fog the mirror with their nose. <laughs> and uh, that's why at the other end they come up with a 70% turnover. Do you have any programs specifically to keep uh, good employees? We do. Uh, we be, uh, have what a phantom shareholder program uh, for our top uh, performing people uh, there. We have a program that rewards them based on uh, company success and profits uh, there. So truly, many of our and all of our uh, pretty much top leaders have the opportunity there, and so they uh, treat Interfab's money like their own money because it is. And so it's kind of like a profit-sharing program. Yes, absolutely. Phantom uh, stock. Yes. Okay, that's a that's a new one on me. I've, I've heard of a lot of different uh, things. Uh, 
Wendell, uh, I want to thank you for uh, being on the show. Uh, do you have any last comments that you'd like to give to our audience? No, I certainly have uh, enjoyed it. Uh, Cincinnati uh, for us and with the people have just been great, and we're looking forward for another 100 years here. Good. Wendell, I'm going to be giving you a copy of one of the San Le- 49 Sandler Rules by David Matson. Uh and in the book, you'll find a million dollars and uh, a copy of our training calendar, a free pass. Feel free to uh, come to one of our classes or bring a couple of your uh, your session, uh, your, your division managers to the class to see what Sandler's all about. Uh, again, thanks for being our guest today. And uh, I'm going to ask Scott to take us out of the show. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.